We talked about the asteroid mission, which is really, really cool. The other space story that's in the news this week is um, space debris. Now, Russia used an anti-satellite missile test on November 15th. So you're going back like eight, nine days now, a little over a week, to shoot down um, one of their own satellites in space. Now, what's happened there is all kinds of debris. I mean, the seven astronauts and cosmonauts living on board the International Space Station had to take shelter in the spacecraft that they took to get to the station because, because of all this debris up there. And it's raised a lot of questions about how are we going to, how are we going to handle this? Because it's, it's only going to get worse. There's only more things headed up to space. So we're going to have a discussion now with Michelle Hanlon, who's a professor of air and space law at the university of Mississippi. Michelle, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Hi, Shay. Thanks so much for having me. So let's just start with what happened with Russia in terms of what they did. They basically carried out an anti-satellite missile test. Do I have that right? That's correct. Um, and it's, it's a, the, they shot down their own satellite. Um, and it's something that China has done as well as India and the United States. Um, now, in terms of rules around that, did they break any international laws? Is there anything saying they can't do that? Sadly, no, they have not broken any international law. It's perfectly fine to shoot down your own satellite because you own it and you're not, you're not hurting anybody else immediately. Um, what we need to do is really think, though, about what they have done in terms of creating this debris field that you talked about, you know, one that the uh, space station flies through and that is so dangerous that, as you said, it put our astronauts, both Russian and American, um, into danger, and they had to go into their lifeboats. What a scary situation! Oh, yeah. um, and and the, I mean, it, I can't, I can't even imagine um, how tenuous life is up there anyway. So when we take a look at this cloud of space debris that's basically created by this explosion, I mean, and it's not just the space station, but there's so many vehicles and satellites and everything else that's up there. I mean, and it's a, it's a threat to all of them, isn't it? It is, and you really have to think about that because so much of what we do here on Earth um, utilizes some spacecraft. Um, every every activity is is tied to space somehow, whether it's when you get your money from the cash machine or when you're pumping gas. And so it might seem sort of far off and, you know, well, what do we have to worry about? It's happening above us, and yes, there's some people up there, but they took the risk. No, there are, you're right, telecommunications satellites and weather satellites, satellites that are telling us, you know, where we should plant our crops next year. Those are all in danger of this debris. And if if the wrong satellite gets hit in the wrong place, and these are these, this debris travels at twenty eight thousand kilometers per hour, and anything, even a paint fleck that size, can cause tremendous damage to the satellite. And we've seen um, the space shuttle and the cupola on space station are chipped from just paint flecks. Think about that. Wow. Um, now, as we say, they didn't violate any law. There's no law against what they did. When we talk about laws governing behavior in space. Is it true that there's really been nothing in the last 50 years? Our space laws go back to the 60s? Our, our fundamental space laws do go back to the 60s. Um, uh, caveat, they are really good at what they do. They have kept the peace in space. Think about in the 1960s when we negotiated the foundation of space law. We were in the middle of a Cold War. And even back then, these adversaries realized, well, we don't want to militarize space. We don't want to have war in space. 
So we have this um, outer space treaty. Unfortunately, as you can imagine, they could only agree to so much. So they're just principles and guidelines, and there's so many gaps in them, like the gap that allows these ASAT tests, and like the gap that allows debris just to collect up there. There's no law that says if you have something defunct, you have to bring it down. It's like it's like throwing garbage into orbit and just leaving it. So are th- I, I'm assuming. Um even before Russia did what they did, there's been some discussion around putting in some sort of framework of rules and regulations as to how people, well, countries, operate in space, right? That has to be a discussion, isn't it? Absolutely. And the um, UN has an Office of Outer Space Affairs that coordinates the Committee on the Peaceful Uses of Outer Space, and there has been what we call soft law coming through that committee. So we have a resolution which which tells us, scolds us, okay, if you're going to send something to space, make sure it um, deorbits 25 years after it's defunct. So, I mean, these rules were created at a time when space just wasn't that active. Um, and now, now we're seeing sovereigns, we're seeing commercial space, we're seeing tourists, we're seeing satellite constellations. We're, people are predicting 80,000 of those small satellites things are going to start getting really busy and we need we need a traffic conductor we need space traffic management um obviously when you're talking about the laws that came around in the 1960s versus where they are now they're night and day so they were focused on something different is are, do most countries seem to be on board and saying okay if we're going to function we know how you know dependent we've come on some of this technology does everybody seem to be on board or are there fights that are breaking out and they can't come to consensus I think everybody's on board. I think we're talking about a lot of nomenclature, you know, a lot of um, posturing. This is geopolitics, after all. I like to, people say space is the final frontier. It's really the final frontier of diplomacy and international relations. And so, fundamentally, I don't think China or Russia wants to put, you know, wants to allow weapons in space. I don't think the United States does either. But there are all the little baby steps to get to agreement are very difficult to make. It took 20 years for the um, the Committee on the Peace Resources Outer Space to come up with this soft law, this p- proposal that um, you should allow remote sensing of your country. So we're talking, the, this Committee on the Peace Resources Outer Space is an opportunity for everybody to talk, but the U.N., um, has also increased sort of the awareness of the issues in space. And the U.N. First Committee has, has decided to put together a working group to look at rules of conduct. This is an incredibly important and very positive step. Um, what's the priority? Like when, it, when we sit down and say, okay, we need to get some rules, where do they start? What's, what, is, it, is it weaponizing space or is it just making sure that, you know, we can't have these giant mess up there? So the first step, I think, is is let's just make some very concrete rules about what we can and cannot do in space yeah. from a military standpoint. You know, the Outer Space Treaty says you cannot put nuclear weapons or weapons of mass destruction in orbit or in anywhere in space. That's a really good first line, sure. right? Yeah. But now we have to worry about conventional weapons and things like we saw these ASAT tests. So let's let's take that next step as an international community and say, okay, how about we just say no weapons in space, or or you know we we allow more transparency to see what other people are putting in space. This we have to remember, um, space is a very unique environment that belongs to all of humanity, and it would be tragic if uh, we had more debris fields uh, building and making us unable to harness the incredible resources space has to offer. Yeah, no doubt. Now, is there a discussion around this um, new law or laws or whatever it may be to sort of revisit them on a regular basis rather than, I mean, the technology is advancing so fast. What could be the good law this year may be completely out of date three or four years from now. 
That is definitely the, um, the the Committee on the Peaceful Uses of Outer Space is cognizant of it. I okay. should also mention that they just passed um, Sustainable Development Goals for Space, which is a huge step, again, agreement by the international community on, on realizing that we need to make sure we work and explore space sustainably. So, yes, we are sitting down. People are talking. Um, the Committee on the Peaceful Uses of Outer Space has done a fantastic job. Now we have a new committee that's going to also be looking at space. All it tells me is... People are realizing how important space is, and people really want to make sure we do this right. Last one for me. Um, with the Russian government shooting down a satellite, okay, now that's not necessarily a weapon in space. That was shot from Earth. You've mentioned how dependent we are on some of this space technology. Is there also discussions about not being able to target satellites in space from the Earth in, in war? Absolutely discussion, but, I mean, you think about the assets. The question is what... Um, what would you consider uh, a, a legal or a proper right. attack? Um, so many of our satellites are dual use. They have a military use and they have a, commu- a civil use. Um, so perhaps if you shoot down a military satellite, it was the satellite that was also giving the weather and predicting you know, tsunamis in the South Pacific. So it's a really, really tenuous balance about what you're going to shoot down. It's fascinating. Which you shouldn't at all, anyway. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, the new frontier. Uh, Great information. Thank you so much, Michelle. I appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me, Faye. You bet. That is Michelle Hanlon, who is a professor of air and space law at the University of Mississippi. Yeah. Um, One of the texts coming in, well, what what did Russia shoot down? Why did they shoot it down? Was it some secret satellite they didn't want anybody to see? Nope. No, it was uh, a satellite called Cosmos 1408, a defunct Soviet-era satellite. Uh, And they shot it down with a missile that they fired from Earth. Uh, It was a test of their anti-satellite missile system. Um, And as she pointed out, the dependence that we have on that technology um, is... I mean... We've just become completely beholden to it in so many ways, probably ways we don't even know. As she said, pumping gas, you know, paying with debit, you know, farmers planting crops, all kinds of things. And some of you are saying, well, farmers can plant crops without satellite technology. They can, but a lot of them use it, you know, GPS positioning, just getting around now. We rely on GPS. It's it's completely infiltrated us in so many different ways, and uh, now they're trying to get a handle on it. And how many times have we talked about this on the show, right? When you're talking about technology, it's playing catch-up all the time because the technology moves faster than we do in trying to put in some sort of regulation around it.